0: Hi guys, TJ here, back with another episode of the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast. This time we'll be covering the second part of the ins and outs of nutrition from the context of weight loss. As per the circumference measurements episode, we cover the basics in part 1 and we'll be looking at applying this knowledge in part 2 today. If you're listening to this, then congratulations, you've taken the first step towards your weight loss journey. In the second part of this episode, I hope to complete the education or reminding of the correct nutrition to help with weight loss, so definitely check out part 1 if you haven't already. Here, you'll find no quick fixes for rapid weight loss, rather I'll give you some ideas on how you can incorporate great nutrition choices into your everyday diet. You want to focus on creating manageable food habits that can form lifestyle changes. This will prevent you from going back to your original eating habits when you reach your goal, which will inevitably lead to weight gain. This is not what we want. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, this guide will have shown you what you should focus on and what you should avoid in your nutrition. There'll be sacrifices along the way, but they'll bring the desired results at the end. Remember, every food you eat is moving you closer to your goals or farther away, so keep this in mind. Luckily, you have the power to make these choices every single day, so I suggest choosing wisely. So in the second and final part of this episode, we'll be covering food shopping, meal planning, cooking and eating. Yes, we will be learning how to eat again. Great. So we'll start with food shopping, meal planning and cooking. If you understand food labels, it will help you make more informed decisions when shopping and eating. So my first tip is study the ingredients list. Most prepackaged foods have an ingredients list on the back of the packet. A food's ingredients are stored by quantity from the largest to the smallest. Therefore, scan the first three ingredients as they make up the largest part of what you'll be eating. If the first three ingredients include refined grains, a type of sugar or trans fats, you can probably assume that this food won't be healthy for you. Two, watch out for energy density. Calories, or kilojoules, are measures of how much energy is in the product. It's good to be aware which foods have a great energy density. Those keto granola on the right may seem healthy, but only in small quantities, as a tiny serving size of 35 grams equals 190 calories, which is 10% of most people's TDEE. Three, beware of serving size. The nutrition information per portion will be on the back of the packet label and on the front of the packet label if there is one. The serving size will be the manufacturer's recommendation and servings can vary between brands. For example, one serving may be half a can of soda, a quarter of a cookie, two of granola, or half a chocolate bar. So even if a product looks healthy, if you have more than this amount, you may end up consuming more calories than you realise. 4. Beware of misleading nutrition claims. Light, low-calorie, or low-slash-non-fat or low-sugar are often watered down products with smaller serving size. One brand's original version may actually have the same calories as another brand's light version. Also, carefully check if a reduction in fat hasn't led to an increase in sugars and vice versa. Of course, there are always some exceptions to the rule. For example, Phage's non-fat Greek yogurt is an excellent choice. Low-carb, paleo, or keto foods can be great, However, there's plenty of ultra-processed junk food that has been labelled as such. Watch out for their energy density. Natural, pure, raw, unfiltered. doesn't have to mean that the product resembles anything natural. It simply implies that the manufacturer has used no artificial colours, flavours or preservatives and perhaps some natural ingredients like fruit. Yet, just because there are blueberries and raw cane sugar in a natural blueberry muffin, it's still everything but healthy. Multigrain may sound very healthy, yet it only means that the food contains over one type of grain. These grains are most likely still refined grains, and unless the manufacturer has clearly labelled the product as whole grain. Made with whole grains means very little unless the manufacturer has listed whole grains within the first three ingredients. Cooking. The key to superb meals to eat is focusing your diet around foods that are high in protein and fibre. If you centre your meals around these foods mentioned below, they'll be a great base for any healthy meal. Some examples are beef, fish, pork chicken, turkey, shellfish, eggs, cheese, on the protein side, and then on the fiber side, broccoli, spinach, kale, cauliflower, mushrooms, celery. Those are just a few examples, but definitely not an exhaustive list. Of course, there are times when we don't want to cook, or we don't have the time, and we just want a snack. So here are a few healthy non-cooking snacks. You have hard-boiled eggs, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, edamame, avocado, olives, even small servings of nuts. Just watch out for the fats. In fact, Small servings of dark chocolate can be a healthy non-cooking snack as well. Of course, again, moderation is key. A few recipes i definitely recommend to try, which will be linked in the show notes, would be a turkey breakfast burger, banana pancakes, and the Greek yogurt with strawberries as a breakfast. And then for some meat recipes for, you know, lunch or dinner, we have stuff like Chinese beef ginger stir fry, lamb chops, parmesan-crusted pork chops. These will be linked in the show notes at 20minute.fitness. There are many more recipes in the few I mentioned there, and we'll link a bunch more in the, in the show notes for this episode. So... Now, healthy cooking tips. The way you prepare food can affect its nutritional value and calories. Lower fat cooking. If you need to use oil, avoid cooking with sunflower, corn oil, or vegetable oil. Instead opt for coconut oil, avocado-slash-olive oil, sprays, and butter. A good non-stick pan and a spatula and a brush will help to dramatically reduce the oil needed for frying. Another alternative to cooking in oil is cooking in liquids such as stock, lemon juice, vinegar, or water. If you're browning vegetables, better to put them in a pan and spray the oil rather than adding the oil first as it reduces the amount absorbed in the veg. Alternatively, instead of browning by pan frying, put them in the microwave and then crisp them under a grill for a couple of minutes. Anything deep fried or battered is best avoided as fried foods are significantly higher in fats and calories than non-fried counterparts. Instead, you can try air frying or a convection oven that circulates extremely hot air around the food leaving it crispy on the outside, yet moist on the inside without using much of any oil. Herbs. Culinary herbs are leafy plants that add flavour and colour to all types of meals. They are also rich in health protected phytoestrogens. Most times, herbs can replace the flavour of salt and oil. Remember, herbs are delicately flavoured, so add them to your cooking in the last few minutes. Dried herbs are more strongly flavoured than fresh. As a general rule, one teaspoon of dried herbs equates four teaspoons of fresh. Apart from boosting meat dishes, herbs can be added to soups, mustards, salad dressings, vinegars, desserts, and drinks. Herbs such as coriander, ginger, garlic, chili, and lemongrass are especially complementary in vegetable-based stir-fry recipes. Part four, eating, intermittent fasting. There is a variety of advice regarding the correlation between the timing of eating and the positive effect on weight loss. One suggestion to aid weight loss is to involve intermittent fasting in your lifestyle. This is not a fad diet but a pattern of eating where you only have food in a specific shortened window or time frame. For beginners, this can involve the 14-10 method, where you fast for 14 hours and eat for 10. And for the more advanced people, the 16 by eight or the 22 by two method can be used. Intermittent fasting is a wonderful method to help you achieve your calorie deficit. As there is shorter time to eat, you'll naturally eat less and require less snacking to get from meal to meal. This, however, doesn't work for everyone as they don't actually end up eating less. During your eating periods, You shouldn't be indulging in unhealthy treats, but sticking to a healthy high-protein, low-carb diet. Try it for yourself and see how it affects your appetite. Depending on how long you last for, it can also create a ketosis effect. If you use the 22-2 method, your body will have gone 22 hours without food and is depleted of energy sources that come from the foods we eat. Here, there's not enough glucose in our blood to use for energy, and so the body uses our fat stores as the major source of energy. This ketosis effect leads to fat stores being depleted and hence to weight loss. Other benefits include increased energy, improved mental clarity, better blood pressure, improved acne, low inflammation, and fewer cravings. Fasted eating is a good thing to experiment with if you're wanting to lose weight. You can easily try it out by pushing breakfast back a couple of hours to see how you feel. You don't really get into ketosis on less than a 22 hour fast, Unless you're on a less than 20 to 40 gram carbohydrate diet, which in our experience is very, very hard to sustain. Dealing with hunger. As you're going to be consuming fewer calories, inevitably you will become hungry. But it is important to recognize what type of hunger you have. Yes, there are three different types. First, we have to think about why we eat. First of all, we require nutrients. Second, we need energy. And finally, we eat because we enjoy it. Not meeting these needs can cause nutrient hunger, energy hunger, and hedonic hunger. Let's delve into each of these to help you figure out how you can prevent them. Nutrient hunger. For your body to function properly, you need vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and essential fats on your diet. If you do not give your body these, then it will not like it. Luckily, your body will give you a hint that you're lacking them by making you feel hungry. This drive to eat is often misinterpreted as a need for food rather than a need for nutrient-dense food. Hence, people turn to a non-protein energy, which lacks protein and minerals, filling you with calories that won't satisfy your hunger. Before snacking, think about what nutrients you may have been lacking during the day and opt for a high-protein, low-energy snack, such as a hard-boiled egg, cottage cheese, or some Greek yogurt. Energy hunger. The body likes to make sure it has a lot of energy around, just in case of an emergency. But often energy hunger is confused for nutrient hunger. To combat this, eat the nutrient-rich foods first, and then let your body decide if it needs more energy. Your body will become less hungry for energy when it becomes fat-adapted. Therefore, decreasing carbs and increasing protein and nutrients is so important to train your body. This hunger can often be hard to understand, and it may take a while to learn how to recognize and react to it. Hedonic, aka emotional hunger. People crave high-energy density carbs and fats when they're both tasty and rewarding. However, this hunger should be avoided as it will cause you to ingest a sizable amount of empty calories. To prevent this, it is best to understand the biology behind it. So we'll ask you a question, what food would you struggle to put down? A. Salad or B. Fries? Most of you will probably pick B because fries are made of a high energy density carbohydrate potato, and a high energy density fat oil, and are therefore delicious. In order to deal with your hunger for these types of foods, it is best not to keep them in the house or buy a healthy alternative. Adopt these tips and it will help you reduce this type of hunger. Sometimes your hedonic hunger might also be the response to stress. Try to find other ways to relieve your stress such as exercising, meditation, or any other hobby that can take your mind off whatever is stressing you. Finally, often people can confuse the feeling of hunger with the feeling of thirst, so it's essential you consume a sufficient amount of water every day. Filling your body with water can help you feel more full, so it's often a good idea to have a glass before each meal to prevent overeating, mindful eating, and how to stop overeating. One of the major reasons you've not been losing weight, even though you're following a caloric deficit, is that you're unknowingly overeating because you're mindlessly chowing away your hard-earned calories. Luckily we have some tips on how to prevent this and maintain your caloric deficit. Use smaller plates and cups so as you don't fill up the dish and eat everything on it. Don't buy food you know you can't stay away from. Knowing one of your favorite treats is in the cupboard, donuts for me, can be extremely tempting. The easiest thing is just not keep them in the house. Sit down and eat at a table. Focusing on eating can help you intuitively eat. Whereas if you're eating in front of a TV, which I think we're all guilty of at times, you'll be mindlessly eating and will be less likely to recognize you are full because of the distractions. Try to eat slowly, chewing more than you usually would Engaging your senses by noticing the colours, smells, sounds, textures and flavours of the food you eat. And if you're eating at a restaurant, ask the server to put half in a takeaway box. Restaurant portions are often very large and caloric, so putting half aside prevents you from eating it all. Tips for when you're eating out or doing deliveries. I know it's hard to stay on track with your nutrition plan when you aren't preparing the food yourself. However, there are ways you can still enjoy meals out and takeaways without overeating, consuming the wrong things or feeling guilty. Here are my top tips for healthier eating when dining out. Study the menu before you get there. Knowing what you would choose to eat before you get to the restaurant will remove any impulse picking. Having a plan will help you stay away from the more unhealthy choices. Try ordering before everyone else. I'm sure we've all been in that situation where a friend orders a starter and a main and it has you guessing whether a main isn't going to be enough. This is because people affect our decisions, especially in social settings. If we're eating in a group, order first and stick to your plan. Don't be swayed by anyone else's choices. Ask to make a healthy swap. When you order a meal, Ask the server to swap part of a meal, such as fries or potatoes, for extra vegetables or salad. You'll boost your vegetable intake and cut your calories. Ask for sauces and dressings on the side. These additions can contain much more sugar and calories than expected, so asking for them in a dish on the side, keeping it separate, will make you much easier to control the amount you eat. Avoid sugary soda drinks and juices. These drinks are a no-go, as they have strong links to obesity and type 2 diabetes, so stick to good old water. Limit? or better avoid? Alcohol. Once again, alcohol is a great inhibitor of weight loss and is best avoided. If you are to drink, order smaller amounts and not for wine or spirits. Preventing overconsumption Eat a healthy snack before you go If you go to a restaurant hungry, you know you'll consume everything that is put in front of you. Try having a low-calorie, high-protein snack to help you feel more full and prevent overeating. Drink water before and during your meal. Even though you want to reach for the wine and fizzy drinks, water is the best choice. It has zero calories and no added sugar. Can't get any better than that, right? In fact. Drinking two cups of water before a meal has shown to lead to greater weight loss, presumably because of increased sensation of fullness. Try mindful eating. Consciously thinking about what you're consuming and how you will give time to understand your thoughts and feelings when eating. This can improve self-control and lead you to make healthier choices. Order two appetites instead of a main. Research suggests that people are more likely to overeat when presented with bigger portions. If you know the place you're visiting has sizable portions, try this tip so you can be full, but not go way over with your calories. Eat slower, and chew lots. Did you know that doing this can help you eat less and make you feel full more quickly? Simple way to do this is by having a minimum chew number and putting cutlery down before each mouthful. Order soup or salad as a starter. These options are great to stop you from eating too much. Research even suggests that eating soup before a meal can reduce your calorie intake by 20%. Share or save half the portion. This is a simple way to cut back calories and prevent overeating. If you have nobody to share with, again, ask your server to pack up half your meal and take it home with you. So before we leave you, there's some key takeaways to give you. I'm sure you've heard before many times that consistency is the key. And when going on a diet, it can be hard, because it sounds like your favourite foods such as burgers, cakes and chips are on the no-go list. Although there's a limit to the amount of these you should eat, you can make room for them in your daily calorie allowance. But remember, enjoy them occasionally rather than every day. You can follow the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the time you eat nutritious food, and then the 20% of the time you have the freedom to indulge as you please. Flexible dieting, if done correctly, allows you to indulge in cheat meals on occasions without feeling guilty, without compromising your progress. It's best to meet most of your macros with quality foods such as lean protein, complex carbohydrates, and lean fats. However, this method doesn't work for everyone. For example, if you can't control yourself, alternatively for allowing yourself 20% tree calories, opt for a healthy alternative such as a burger and a lettuce bun, or Halo Top ice cream in place of normal ice cream. So the final three takeaways. Number one, maximize satiety. Target protein and minerals for highest nutrient density. Number two, maximize fat adaptation. Use intermittent fasting with a low carbohydrate frequency. And number three, avoid the deadly trifecta, which equals high carb, high fat, high energy density, or that equates to overeating. Well, that's it for today's show and the conclusion of our two-part series on nutrition for weight loss. Weight loss is simple to understand, but it's often difficult to execute as we're usually our worst enemies. At SHAPE, ultimately, our goal is to help you build the healthiest version of yourself. And as such, enabling you to track your measurements seamlessly with shape scale is our way of working towards that goal. If you want to dig deeper into anything that I mentioned today, such as the recipes, research, or Shapescale itself, then check out our complete show notes, which will be on 20minute.fitness. You can find Martin on Twitter and Instagram at kesler.io. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever pre- your preferred podcasting app is. Your review is super important in helping other listeners learn more about the show, and of course, your feedback is always highly appreciated. Also, think a friend or a family member would get something out of today's show please consider letting them know i'm tj robinson 20 minute fitness is mixed by Lee lasco and produced by shape in san francisco as always thank you for your continued support and until next time